Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Got a confirmation yesterday about the message that I want to bring before you and that I struggle with. As I was driving down the road, I was behind a off-road vehicle that had a sticker behind it that said something like, all roads or all people are going east or have to go east. But my way, I can go anywhere I want. I guess the individual that had the sticker was basically saying, I determine my own road. I began to think about the vehicle that he had and, and the fact that maybe he could go to some places other vehicles could. Now, self-determination is a very admirable virtue in our society today. It's often used as a motivator or inspiration for young people as well as the old. But the problem with this is that it can also lead many to believe they're in total control of not only their life, but their destiny. As I began to think about this, I, I saw where the mindset of this view can be seen quite often in the music recording industry. Songs by Isaac Hayes and the Isaac brothers that said something like, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. The song implies that you are not accountable to anyone for what you do with your bodies. And I believe this has led to sexual immorality, abortion, and other things because we think we can do what we want to do. But perhaps the greatest recorded song that captivated this idea was written by a songwriter and a singer named Paul Anker. Paul did not sing this song, but he wrote it. And he said that the inspiration for the song came as he began to read periodically magazines and, and, and uh, papers and other publications and literature. He noticed one thing he began to read that he saw a lot of mind this and mind that. And he came to the conclusion that we live in a me generation. And thinking of this, he sat down and he penned the words to a song said, I did it my way. The song was recorded, he gave it to Frank Sinatra based on what he thought he saw in him. And it's been recorded several times by many different artists. It was sung so much by Frank that he said he didn't like the song, but everywhere he went, people would request 
Oh, blue eyes sing, I did it my way. Why is that so? Because I think the mindset of us is we want to be free indeed. And there's nothing wrong with being free as long as you know what you're bound up with. But worship is one area where the my way concept does not work. Such was the case with these two men in our text in Leviticus. And I want to put the men on there as well as the leader of our church, not just here, but any church. Anybody that's in position of leadership, primarily I want to deal with you men. The book of Leviticus addresses the issue of priestly responsibility. And oftentimes we said that a man is a high priest of his home, and rightly so he is. Whether he's honored as such or whether he take that responsibility serious or not, he is the high priest of his own. He is the one, as Jeremy was saying in his prayer, that intercede between God and his family. This is something that God not only expects, he demands. Leviticus is a divine manual of instructions for those of us who's in charge or have been charged by God to teach, lead, and assist God's people in worship. So all of us who are here, especially the deacons and the ministers, this is a part of our charge to lead, teach, and assist people in worship. And, and when you look at Leviticus, you, you see an awful lot about things to do. Their leadership responsibility mandated something. And y'all hear me now. They could not live like other people. In fact, Leviticus tribe, they lived in the center. Everybody else lived around. They could not dress like other people. Hello. I know a lot of people got some issues with that, but they could not dress like other people. They had to wear priestly garments. And they were not expected to behave like other people. Old school pastor says right here, talk to me somebody. <laughs> All the members of the Leviticus priesthood were commanded to be a model of holy living. They were called to teach others how to worship by example. The book of Leviticus gave clear instructions as to how they were to perform their duty. Bottom line, it was God's way and not my way. That makes this short recorded encounter noteworthy. This incident is recorded three times in the Bible. Twice in the book of Numbers and once in the book of Leviticus. In Leviticus 10, it has more information about this than any other place. And that's only two verses. 
that you read responsibly. But listen to me now. These two verses have a very strong implication, especially for those of us in church leadership positions. As we examine the text, I want you to think about modern day application when we get there. But I want you to just focus with me as I read the scriptures, and I'm reading from the New English Translation, or better known as the Net Bible. Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1. Then Aaron's son, Nadab, and Abihu each took fire pans and put fire in it, set incense on it, and presented strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them to do. Nadab and Abihu were the two oldest sons of Aaron, the high priest. And being such the oldest son, they had special responsibility more than the others of Aaron's other two sons or even the other members of the priesthood. Now, their responsibility came with certain amounts of liberty and authority. Can we just talk a little bit about that? Those of us in leadership position, we do have a tremendous amount of responsibility. But in that, we also have some liberties, some authority that other people don't have. But here's the danger. That may have been a factor and these two men making a bad decision. One of the responsibilities of the priest was to burn incense in the tabernacle. And I need to kind of give you an idea of the tabernacle. I saw a little bit of that, or heard a little bit of that as Dr. Dunbar began to, to break down some things in the Bible lesson in faith developments more, and you were all in my message, Xavier. The tabernacle was divided into three separate areas. The first area was the outer court. Now, in the outer court was a, 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 a piece of furniture known as the brazing altar or the bronze altar. It was a place that people came daily to offer sacrifice for their sin. Keep that thought in mind. The second area was the holy place. Inside the holy place were three different pieces of furniture. First of all, it was the lampstand. The lampstand that was a, a, had lights on it that was to be burned always. It represents the light of God. Also in the holy place was a table of showbread or shoebread. Now, this represent God's provision that was changed out daily. New bread went in every day. But perhaps the most significant item in the holy place was the altar of incense. You see, incense is a symbol of prayer and intercession of the people going up to God. When you will see the smoke, and you would smell it. It was a symbol that God was receiving and hearing the prayers of the priest and thereby 
sparing the nation from the penalty of their sin. But it was located at a special place, and this is important. You got the outer courts, you got the holy place, and the altar of incense was placed right in front of the third area, which is the holies of holies of the most holy place. Keep in mind what incense represents. So we see a symbolism here that prayer is the only way you can approach God and enter into his presence. Now the priest responsible to burn incense on the altar every morning and evening. Covering everything that we would do during the day and during the night. In other words, offering prayers before God continually. The fire used to burn the incense was to be taken from the brazen or bronze altar. And the symbolism here is also clear. And this is something you said this morning too, Doc. Our sins must be dealt with before God can hear our prayer. I know a lot of people don't like that, but that's biblical. That's just the way God is. And Dr. Dunbar said this morning, our sins separate us from God. The text says that Nadab and Abihu presented strange fire before the Lord. There are several renditions of this Hebrew word, and let me give you all of them. King James, along with the New English translation, rendered just that strange fire. But the New King James and the English Standard Version says unauthorized fire. The New Revised Standard Version says unholy fire. And the New Living Translation, which is somewhat of a paraphrase, says the wrong kind of fire. The Hebrew word used here is to identify something that's foreign. It conveys the idea of something that don't belong or something that's not known. So the translation of all four of these are appropriate. Now, our text, being just two verses, doesn't state what made the offering of incense strange fire, but Bible scholars offer us four possibilities. Number one, the coals that they use in their censer came from the wrong source. It did not come from the brazen altar. Is it possible that some of our worship practices, some of our songs are coming from the wrong source? Number two, they didn't present their offering of incense, uh, they, excuse me, they presented their offering of incense at the wrong time. Remember, it's supposed to be done every morning and every evening. Perhaps they wanted to sleep in. 
instead of doing it at 6 in the morning, they did it at 10. Perhaps they had something to do that evening. Instead of doing it at 6 o'clock, they decided to do it when they got home. And I wonder if there's a connection with some of the things we're doing in our worship practice at the wrong time. I mean, we outline what time we start worship. But see, my way of worship says I can come anytime I want to. And we think it's okay with God. Number three, they took their incense to the wrong place. Into the holy place, thereby usurping the authority of their daddy and his prerogative as high priest. I wonder if it's possible that sometimes when we are supposed to be here, we are there. Just throwing it out there. And lastly, number four, they offer the incense the wrong way. You see, I think it's in verse 23, it talks about drinking. Perhaps these men were drunk, violating the code of the priesthood that they were not even supposed to drink wine, let alone get drunk. Whatever the reason, the strange fire was contrary to God's way. They presented something designed for worship in a my way fashion and not God's way. And their judgment and punishment by God was a dramatic example and warning to us men and leaders today. Verse 2. So fire went out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them so that they died before the Lord since they had presented unholy fire. God sent holy fire to remove it and them from his presence. Strange, unauthorized, unholy, wrong kinds of fire unto the Lord is no more than my way worship. And not only does my way worship don't please God, it draws God's anger and wrath. But of course, that's Old Testament. Thank God that Jesus has died and became our sacrifice. But I just wonder, is it possible for us to have some modern day strange, unauthorized, unholy, and wrong kinds of fire? Well, we get into my way worship. When we give God less than he demands, we're offering strange fire. 
When we allow our feelings to take precedence over God's word, we're offering strange fire. When we compromise God's word just to please man, we're offering strange fire. When we allow traditions to supersede what God has said in his word, we're offering strange fire. And what we have told God, I will worship you my way. So what's the application? Spiritual leaders, you have the honor and privilege of ministering God's word to God's people. And you must understand you have a special relationship means that you have to present him in holiness and in glory as you worship. God's leaders must realize and recognize that a part of their function is teaching others God's way, not my way, but teaching by example. When it comes to worship, leaders teach more by what they do than who they are or what they say. Yeah, I got, I got a badge on to tell you my responsibility. But if I don't act like a pastor, you're not going to treat me like a pastor. And rightly so. God holds leaders to a higher accountability than he does others. Therefore, this message should act as a sobering example as well as a warning to all of us who would neglect or disobey God's way. That was for the leaders. The message to the rest of you is short. It's important for all. God has given us his way of salvation. And his way is to trust Christ and Christ alone. If you fail to do so, if you're trying to wait till your life get right, you're trying to straighten some things out, you're doing it your way and not God's way. If you're not saved today, when I give this invitation in about a minute, and you feel like the time is not right, I've got to get some things straight. You're doing it your way and not God's way. He said, come unto me, all that labor, all that rest. I'll give you rest. So, are you willing to yield? to God's way. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.